Jurors in the first trial of a banker on charges stemming from a U.S. crackdown into currency market rigging will have plenty to keep them interested. A code name, Project Shine, for a $3.5 billion currency trade. Traders sworn to secrecy, the alleged defrauding of a client by front-running in millions of dollars in profit. The trial of Mark Johnson, a British citizen who was then head of global foreign exchange trading for HSBC, began with jury selection yesterday in Brooklyn Federal Court. Was he front running, hedging? My guests are Patricia Hurtado, Bloomberg News legal reporter, and Lenan Nguyen, Bloomberg News FX reporter. Pat, you're watching the trial. Tell us what prosecutors say Johnson is accused of. Well, um, the transaction that HSBC agreed to do or was hired to do, uh, the government says was uh, constructed in such a way that um, Cairn Energy, which is the alleged victim company, uh, had to pay more money. And the, there was a spike in sterling, the pound. So uh, the, their allegation is that these traders knew that the, the trade was going to be structured in such a way and that they structured in such a way to cause the price of sterling to spike. And then knowing that, they bought sterling ahead of the transaction and were able to make money off the fact that it spiked and that uh, and they were able to, you know, make a tidy little profit at $8 million. Uh, Lenan, FX is a largely unregulated industry. So what are the market practices that are at issue in this case? Well, as Patricia said, it's a, clearly a case of whether um, the the jury believes that what Mark Johnson did was front running, um, you know, trading before the client to the detriment of the client, or whether it is uh, a common practice in foreign exchange of hedging, um, where you know, if a company, a bank, for instance, is uh, dealing with a large order, they have to sort of uh, you know manage that risk in advance and uh, take positions in advance in, in order to you know really deal with that size. Of of, of an order. Um, so this is a fairly common practice in foreign exchange. Uh, and after the rigging scandal that occurred, um, it, it has gotten a lot more attention and people have had to sort of tidy up their practices when it comes to uh, hedging. So, Pat, explain the defense. The defense is saying there's no crime here. You can walk away. Nothing to see. They say that Karen was actually that HSBC did the best for its for its client, and that it was an arm's length transaction, and that actually that uh, HSBC did the best under the circumstances, and that his their client there was no intent of Johnson or anyone at HSBC to to do any front running. It was a just a transaction, and. Lenin, what are the FX, what are the traders specifically watching for in this trial? I mean, will they change the way they do business if, if there's a guilty verdict? Definitely they'll change what they're doing. They might have already changed that uh, in advance of this uh, trial. Uh, FX traders have been taking a long, hard look at what they are doing, especially after the fixing scandal in this industry, and trying to figure out which practices are sort of, you know, over the line these days, and th those definitions are changing. So I think first thing they're going to watch out for is if they're doing anything nefarious, are they going to get caught? And what is, you know, what's the definition of nefarious uh, these days? That's a, that's a question <laughs> that we ask every day. So, Pat, is the Justice Department looking at this as a chance to regain its momentum after the appeals court tossed out the conviction of the two uh, ex-Rabobank traders? 
Yeah, it looks like the government is really trying to their their best to after that Rabobank case, and that was LIBOR rigging. This is an FX manipulation case, and this is the first of its kind for the United States or any other any country's prosecution to try any regulatory agency to try to prosecute. And they're saying that basically Johnson misappropriated the Karen information for his own ends. Uh, basically, the idea of almost like stealing the information for his own use. He was an insider that owed a duty to Cairn not to disclose this information and then used it for his own benefit. And they're they're going to they're arguing. There's actually a big argument now going before the judge. He has to decide what kind of evidence the jury can or can't see. Is this really? Will they show like marketing materials that HSBC uh, gave Cairn to prove to them that they had the right to have this? Um, you know, to hire them for the transaction. Uh, Lenan, tell me about, we've heard about the, you know, the U.S. investigation and the rate-rigging scandal. Tell me about uh, the fines for the banks involved. And HSBC is not a defendant in this case, but... Well, the fines have totaled uh, about $10 billion across many global banks, you know, all the big ones you would have heard of, of main Wall Street banks. Um, so it has been a pretty uh, big deal in this industry. It's had a lot of repercussions, and there have been uh, senior industry members as well as central bankers looking very closely at what happened. And uh, the industry is actually going through this huge cleanup effort to try and, you know, right the wrongs of the past and change standards of behavior so that people behave in, you know, they're less likely likely to commit misconduct that occurred on such a large scale. And Pat, is this is the is the courtroom full? Is it a, is it a packed room or just uh, a few observers? Well, um, it's not Martin Shkreli's trial, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, but nothing is. Kind of case. Um, but what is interesting is there are a lot of banking individuals in the courtroom. Um, we understand HSBC disclosed uh, in a regulatory filing that they're in active discussions with U.S. regulators and the DOJ regarding a potential resolution of this investigation uh, into the foreign exchange conduct. So I think the bank is closely watching it. And, of course, anyone else who might think they have any kind of exposure for similar kind of behavior from other uh, uh, other banks I are also I've seen lawyers come into the courtroom, kind of taking the temperature of the room and wanting to know what this what's going to be part of the case. How long is the case expected to be? Um, it's probably going to be a month-long trial, and they're in the midst of questioning uh, protect, uh, protect, uh, potential jurors. Um, they seem to have a panel of twelve right now, and they're looking for alternates and also uh, other. You know, in case uh, the the backup jurors, in case someone uh, gets excused or gets ill. Lenin, what can you explain why the this the particular FX market is is so um, has been able to be sort of uh, the uh, wild west of of uh, markets. Well, it's tricky because foreign exchange is actually the trade of two governments' currencies. And so uh, it gets very difficult for one government to regulate how the, its currency is traded elsewhere. This is a kind of, you know, the, the, the instrument that you're trading goes across borders just by the virtue of it being a currency. So um, it doesn't sit under any one country. It doesn't sit under any one regulator. Um, so it makes it really, really tricky. And it's, you know, arguably led to um, some unsavory conduct. 
We will find out more. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Lenan Nguyen. She's a Bloomberg News FX reporter. And Patricia Hurtado, Bloomberg News legal reporter, who will be following this trial every day. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. and hope that you will be as well. Thanks to our producer, David Sutcherman, and our technical director, Reginald Bazil.